0: Welcome into Shot and VIP, a podcast brought to you by Inside Carolina this football season. Co-hosting this, I'm Taylor Vipolis. And as always, I'm joined by my fellow Carolina football letterman and teammate Jeff Schottmer. We get started today. I have to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by Johnny T shirt, the official sponsor of all inside Carolina podcasts. So, if you want to support the people that support us, head on over to Franklin Street or Johnny T shirt.com and treat yourself or somebody you love to some more Carolina apparel because let's be honest, you can never have enough. They've got such a wide selection of football gear, they have the jerseys, the t shirts, the hats. You name it, they've got it at a great affordable price. And not to mention, they are locally and alumni-owned and operated. Great people over at Johnny T-Shirt. And don't forget, Inside Carolina Premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right, Jeff, Carolina goes on the road at Pitt in a, a rainy environment, a, a trap environment, some would say. And Carolina comes out 4-0. They beat Pitt 41 to 24. What were your biggest takeaways watching this game?
1: You said it, 4-0. You know, the uh, the mission pre-game is to win the game obviously and um, look, we have a team that can contend. And and that's all we're asking for at this point in the season. You know, we're 4 games into the season. You know, we played 3 power 5 opponents and Three pretty good teams. Obviously, App State is one of the teams we played, and they're a great team as well. So, look, after four games, we're a team that can contend. You know, there's 14 teams total in the ACC. I think seven to this point in the season, you know, still have a chance to compete for the ACC championship. Realistically, I think there's four. And, and we put ourselves in position to be one of those four teams. And um, however you draw it up, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game. There were some flashes of, of really good – football at times and there were some flashes of really bad ball at times but um look at the end of the day seven point favorites going into the game acc opponent on the road and, and historically we always played pit pretty close and, and to finish that game with you know 17 point victory um i think any anyone that's that's a member of you know Tar Heel community should be should be happy with that performance
0: i think you hit it on the on the nail right there where you said that we saw good football and we saw bad football and it's super encouraging to see this North Carolina team from a a Carolina perspective to be able to control games and and they're not even playing anywhere near their best football. Last year we saw them get into either the shootouts or these one possession games where we're basically asking Drake May to win or lose the game on the final possession we're really not getting that this year, except for for that App State game, which was uh, a weird outlier, it looks like, for, for this season, playing uh, that in-state rival kind of team. I think that's the biggest difference from last year to this year, where these games aren't really close. And th- there's a lot of things that, that fans can nitpick, but for they've played a lot of stress-free fourth quarters, uh, stress-free, quote-unquote, because the game is not over until it's over. But I think... If I'm a Carolina fan, that's what I'm the most encouraged by, that this team does still have a, a ton of room for growth. And I, I think you also hit it that this team shows that they are a contender. They're, they should be taken serious as an ACC title contender, and, and it starts with Drake May. I thought Drake was I, – I just, I'm just so impressed with Drake and his ability to run this offense where, for him, it, it just looks effortless out there. And then he has the – the lefty pass and can kind of do no wrong as he, as he stares at his hand. What, what'd you kind of make of, of Drake's performance?
1: So the first, you know, quarter, quarter and a half of the game, I thought Drake looked a little, I don't know. He he had nervous feet in the pocket because Pitt was pressuring him a little bit. He, he kind of missed some easy throws. There's one, there's one like five yard quick out to Copenhagen that I remember, you know, in in the first quarter or two of the game that was like, he's uncontested and Drake hits that a hundred out of a hundred times, whether it's in practice or a game. So, you know, he kind of got, we, we didn't get bailed out um, by a pass interference call from Pitt, but like our offense was not firing on all cylinders at the beginning of the game. You know, I, I think we got pushed around a little bit up front. You know, Pitt is always going to bring five, six, seven guys and they're going to be aggressive. Um, but, but Drake the thing that I love about Drake is when he uses his legs, when he uses his mobility, that's when I think he really gets into the game. And, and you could see that kind of when we we moved him from the pocket, he got on the run a little bit, had some easy passes. He converted a couple of third downs with his legs. I think that's what really gets him in the, in the flow of the game because Drake, at, at, at his core, he is just an athlete playing the game. He's a quarterback by nature, but he's just a true athlete. He loves getting hit. He loves running around with the ball in his hands, kind of playing that carefree, you know, uh, backyard football style. And I think that's what really kind of gets him into the heart of the game. And, and, and once we do that, you know, he settled his feet down, he settled his his eye progression down, and he was able to make some big time throws. And, um, you know, look, this is what we expect from Drake now. He's, we expect him to, to carry our team. And, um, you know, he, he had another great performance for us.
0: Yeah, I think that's something to watch for for this North Carolina team because we've said it so many times. As long as you have Drake May, you're going you're going to be in games, and it kind of comes yep. down to the defense and and can the defense get enough stops. I think I saw a stat: Carolina's like eight and zero the past two years when when they scored 30 points. So that kind of seems like like it is their benchmark. They score 30 and then they hold their opponent under 30. It, it's normally a pretty good recipe with a quarterback like Drake May. I have to ask you, what were your initial thoughts when Carolina goes down 14, seven and Pitt was just going through that defense like a hot knife through butter? Because I I think there was a lot of panic level across the UNC community.
1: Okay. So everyone's talking about these stormtrooper jerseys. I don't, I don't get it. Like, they're just jerseys. They don't have any impact on the game. Look, we clinched the Coastal Division Championship at in Virginia Tech in 2015 wearing those things. So I had to get that out of the way. People don't freak out when we wear the all-white. It has nothing to do with the impact of the game. Um, aside, um, you know, wait, what were you we even saying? I, I totally lost my train of thought.
0: The, the first two possessions defensively.
1: First two, yes. Yes, we, I mean, we weren't, we weren't great and we were getting pushed around on both, both lines of the scrimmage. It was our, our our interior defensive linemen were getting knocked off the ball and our interior offensive linemen were getting knocked off the ball. We weren't getting any knockback from the, from the, you know, center guard tackle position. And then on the defensive side, we were getting knocked off the ball, but I think that's one of Chizik's, you know, M.O.'s is being able to see what they're doing, correct it and make adjustments. And, you know, I. I'm never worried, especially when we're playing an opponent like Pitt, obviously they're a good team, but they aren't the, they aren't the Florida state. They aren't the Clemson. They aren't the, you know, the top, top tier program. And I knew, you know, the longer the game goes, if we had 10 at quarterback, we're going to settle down and we're going to find a way to win the game. You know, we're down 14, seven and obviously we need to get some stops on defense and, and we'll talk about the momentum swing in the game, but as, as a fan and as a, former coach and player and, and seeing those guys, knowing them, I, I really wasn't worried at all because I knew we were going to make enough plays at the end of the game or, you know, going forward through the game to win the game. You mentioned
0: the the adjustments that Chiswick and the defense made. You look at Pitt's final nine drives and Carolina holds them to just three points. What were some of those adjustments that you kind of saw?
1: So the biggest thing I saw on defense was, so if you notice the first two drives from Pitt, they had the zone and read action where uh, Phil Jerkovic would keep the ball and he would get on the perimeter. So they ran that play the first play of the third series. Okay, the first two the first two series they gained, I don't know, 15, 17 yards apiece. And so we corrected on the sideline. And the third time they ran it, Cedric Gray and Power Eccles tackled it for a two or three yard loss. You know, so it wasn't anything that they were doing crazy. Maybe we hadn't seen that in the first three games from them, but as soon as we got a beat on it, our players are smart enough, especially at the line, linebacker position, to get those sideline adjustments and and apply them to the next series. And, you know, Pitt, obviously, they game plan, right? They they know exactly what we're doing. Um, they kind of out-physicaled us in the first two drives, but but they hit us on some quick man beaters on third and, third and fourth and short you know, to, to pick our man defense and, and run the little routes to the flat. It wasn't like Phil Dracovic was was sitting back there picking us apart. It was schemed up plays that they executed and obviously they they, they popped some runs on us, but look, we got up fourteen points in the first quarter. And after that, what it was three points because that that um kickoff return doesn't go against the defense. Yeah, kick return. It doesn't go against the defense. And I think that's the most B S stat in football that that seven points goes on the defense scoring average, which is complete. They were on the field. That shouldn't go on their average. Um, so our, our defense lets up 17 points in the game, 14 points in the first two drives. So, uh, you know, I, I came into the season saying, if our defense can let up 25 or less a game, we're going to win a lot of games. And look, we, we did have some issues in the first two drives, but uh, the, the fact that we got that corrected and still, and, you know, turned up our physicality meter a little bit. You know, that was that was exciting to see.
0: What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend Evan Marcel Turner, the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do, do-, do- average of twenty-nine say. and eleven. God, shit, what it take to be an all star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward the podcast so you don't miss a thing. Yeah, and then for this for this Carolina defense, we both wrote down uh, that we wanted to talk about the play that we thought uh, kind of flipped the momentum. And I'm wondering if we kind of have the same moment because it was something I marked down almost immediately. It was the the third and long came on Rucker sacked them. Uh, for for a loss of 21 yards where he just bullies the left tackle, goes right through the guy's chest, sacks Dracovich, and then it, it sets up Elijah Huzzy's punt return. Carolina, I'm pretty sure that was Carolina's first lead of the game. And then from there, we kind of talked about it where this team can kind of hit cruise control with Drake May at quarterback. That came on Rucker's sack felt like it, it was the – the physicality tone setter, because we knew Pitt was going to come out physical. That's their MO. They're they're a desperate team playing at home in a conference game. What was your momentum play of the game?
1: That to me was a huge one, but let's take it back a little bit prior. So 14-7, Pitt's got the ball. Uh, We need to stop. We've been run through like butter for the first two drives, and you know we step up and we get a three and out. The play in my mind that changed the game was the first punt return by Huzzy. So, you know, we don't look great offensively up to this point, and Huzzy gets a 30-yard punt return that kind of sparks sparks the momentum in our in our team. You know, we get the ball at the 50-yard line. The very next play, we run a like a reverse flea flicker pass down to Copenhagen, and we get the ball down to, you know, inside the 10-yard line. Obviously, we score on that drive to go up – or not to go up, to tie the game at 14-14. But that kind of like sparked the momentum in our in our team, and then what happens? The next drive is is, is what you're referring to with uh, with Rucker getting that big third down sack. So what does Pitt have to do now? They have to then again punt the ball, and Huzzy takes it to the crib. You know, so Huzzy was the game changer in that game, regardless of what Drake May did. Drake May looked awesome at times. You know, he had the left handed touchdown pass, but but Elijah Huzzy was the catalyst for us winning that game. He, I mean, the third down PBU he had in the first half, you know, kind of on the Carolina sideline, he just makes plays, man. He's, he's a great football player. He's a ball hawk. You know, he he makes plays when the balls are in his hands. And he was the best player on the field last night, and 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 I truly believe that.
0: Yeah, you have to give it up for Carolina's talent evaluators to identify him as a... A player that could move up a level, and I I think you're you're dead on that he is Carolina's best defensive player more often than not. And I'm I'm watching the game, and I'm like, why are these quarterbacks still testing? Like, like at some point they're yeah. they're gonna have to learn to be like, hey, twenty eight, we're gonna have to look the other way because he he it does feel like he makes that big of an impact. The other player uh, on the other side of the ball that I wanted to make sure that we shouted out was was J.J. Jones, who Nate McCollum carries the the receivers last week with over 100 yards. And I think J.J. Jones really set uh, this pit team up with being able to win on the outside and being able to kind of stretch the field. And I I think when when you see Drake's confidence go up in somebody like J.J. Jones, knowing that your Tez Walker is out of the equation, but you do have Nate McComb. You do have uh, J.J. Jones stepping up now. You have seven receivers have a catch for for over 15 yards. What did you kind of see from this offense with with their big play potential and then specifically with J.J. Jones?
1: The funny thing about this offense is besides Drake, we haven't really had a mainstay production-wise through the first four games, right? The first game, it was Kobe Paysour that looked great and British Brooks you know, the second game, it was Hampton, you know, the third game it was McCall and then this game it was JJ Jones. So that that's great as, as UNC looks at it because now they have multiple players stepping up in the absence of Tez Walker, who I'm never going to shut the door on that guy. I still believe there's a chance we're going to get him back later in the season. Love the I told told you, never say never. There's a chance. We're going (laughs) to get that guy back. Um, but, no, it just shows the versatility our offense has, and that's what we need with Drake at the helm. We need playmakers around him to step up. And J.J. was a highly recruited kid. He, you know, he had offers from SEC schools, you know, big ACC programs. And he's got – look, he's a, he's a deep threat down the field. You know, I think he's averaging 18, 19, 20 yards a catch, and, and that's what we need to take this offense to the next level is, look, we, we got two running backs that can really go. We got McCollum that, that shows flashes, but we need guys that can stretch the field and, and not take I don't think he's got the, you know, the top end speed to truly take the top off the defense, but he's a big body that can consistently win on the outside. And as we can with, with him, Drake
0: may too. I, I think Drake does have that ability to make a, a good receiver. Great. And like yeah. an average receiver. Good.
1: For sure. Because I mean, as we talked about on the on the prior episodes, like we don't have a true number one. If everyone thinks that Nate McCollum is a true number one, he's not. He's a really good college football player. A true number one is Josh Downs. There's a noticeable difference between Josh Downs and Nate McCollum. And if you can't if you can't recognize that, then I don't know what to tell you. But uh, he, he's a phenomenal player. But w- we got to win by committee, especially at receiver. So. It does help that, that JJ is, is stepping up and, and being a reliable threat for us because we're going to need that. You know. Um, you know We didn't hear much from Kobe Hour this game. and he, in the first two games, he looked like he was you know a really, really good player. So um, it, it's good for our offense. It's good for our team morale for, for guys to step up and we spread the ball around and get guys involved that um, you know, haven't really produced in a high level for us in the past.
0: Yeah, and and I think one other thing to note from from this game is uh some people the, the people that can't really just in, enjoy a good win on, on a Monday or on a Sunday uh some people are complaining that they feel like the offensive coordinator kind of took his foot off the gas I think part of that is that this bye week is coming for Carolina at the perfect time because I think they really need Willie lambkin back but I I didn't see anything that, that made me think that Carolina was kind of taking their foot off the gas. It, it seemed like that was a game they were in total control of.
1: Total control. I, I think at the end of the first half, I knew we were going to win by 14 plus. I mean, obviously the news comes out at the start of the second half where Dracovic is out for the game. And then if you watched one or two series of the you know Pitts backup play, we knew all we had to do was just run the clock out. Let's get out of here. Let's go home with a win 4 Oh, or, I mean, we're, Four and zero. Look, I didn't even want to watch the you know the late third quarter, fourth quarter. So I, I put no stock into the play calling for you know for, for the later half of the game. You know we were just trying to run the clock out. They couldn't do anything against our defense. That quarterback was not was not ready for primetime action. You know, so don't Carolina fans, please do not look in look into uh, the play calling for the last half of the game.
0: Yeah, and then uh, a few stats before we get out of here and, and a final question. Power five offenses, Carolina's played three of them. They've held them to 17, 13, and then 17. Again, a, a, a noticeable, tremendous upgrade from, from the defense of last year. And then I have some of the pro football focus grades um, because I know people love those. Power Echols was the highest graded player on the defense with an 88.4 the second highest your other boy cedric gray with an 80.9 so it was the linebackers kind of leading the way elijah Huzzy was third for for players um for starters for carolina and then drake may led the way offensively with an 80.1 he's he's been pretty steady somewhere in that 80 to 85 range and i i think he's been pretty consistent with what you're um getting for from him the other person I think that we have to shout out, Noah Burnett. I, I think the kicking job is over. It, I think it's his for the time being.
1: I agree. I, I don't know what, what the issue with Ryan Coe is. Is he hurt? Yes. Do we know? That's Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and I tweeted this during the game. Good for Noah, Bur- Bur- Noah Burnett, man. Like, he – for him to be able to bounce back after what happened against NC state last year. And, um, you know, so many people wanted to write that kid off, tell him to transfer, you know, sending all these crazy tweets at the guy, but just for him to lock in, stay focused, get better, know he was going to get another shot and be able to, you know, deliver 245, 245 plus yarders that were essentially pretty big kicks in the game. Like, obviously it was, it was well in control. We, you know, but for him to make those two, just confidence in himself, um, I I can't say enough good things about him. Um, and before you were talking about the two linebackers, I do want to mention them. You know, our our defense goes as they go. Elijah Huzzy m- might be our best player, best playmaker, but the heart of the defense is power in Cedric. You know, Rucker's making some plays here and there, but like those two guys, they're the heart and the soul. They never come off the field. And they played as as a tandem, their best game together this season. You know they I challenged them a couple of weeks ago because versus app state, they they were getting cut out of gaps. They were missing tackles. They just they kind of were kind of flew under the radar. And in our defense, you know they need to be noticed. and and Power Eccles may have played one of his best games as a tar Heel. He didn't have like the the crazy stats, but whenever you looked up, he was he was you know making TFLs on on screens. He got his hand in the passing game, tip, tip ball. You know, he was right where he needed to be. And Cedric, you know, he's, he's as steady as they come. And you look up at the end of, out of every game, he's got nine tackles, a tackle for loss and a PBU. I mean, that, that is consistent as, as can be, you know, he's always making plays. So um, look, as long as those guys are, you know, flying around making plays, you know, we're going to be in a good spot.
0: And as long as you get on the plane after a win, everything's everything's always good. The coaches could coach you up a bit harder. And now Carolina goes into the bye week. But a, a great victory Monday. I always enjoy seeing Shot's face on a victory Monday. <laughs> appreciate everybody watching and listening. And, and Shot, appreciate the time as always, man.
1: Always, vip 4-0, baby.